the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring out. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy, and I am the minister here with the North Valley Church of Christ. You know, a few weeks ago, I thought things were going to start calming down and I wouldn't get as busy, but it seems like every week there is something else going on. This this week, uh, and there's just all a whole host of things going on. I've been helping folks out, which I want to do, I like doing. We have the Honors Dinner for the Copper Basin Bible Camp. That's going to be held at the Camelback Church of Christ Friday night. You can find out more information on our website, www. or I'm sorry, not our website, from the camp's website, copperbasinbiblecamp.org. Find more information on that website there. And and then on top of that, I'm thinking, okay, so I'm, I'm struggling trying to get some things done here and, and whatnot. So maybe next week, right? Well, next week, my kids are all off for their, what do you call it, their fall break. And at the end of that week, around Thursday or Friday, Jenny, my in-laws, they come into town. I'm just like, what? when is thing, are things going to calm down? They're not. Things don't calm down. It just doesn't happen like that. Not anymore. <laughs> and uh, we just have to learn to better manage our time. I like being busy. I'm glad to have so much going on, especially with the children. Just got I need to do better on managing my time. So I didn't get anybody in here to join me with the radio program again this week. I'm sorry, Sage. I uh, didn't get you uh, on here again. So we're going to take a look at Chapter 7 of the book of Revelation. Chapter 7, 17 verses. You may remember last week we looked at Chapter 6. And in there, that's where the, uh, the Lord, the Lamb, began to break the seals of on the scroll, the book. That, that's literally the scroll there. And it gets all the way down to verses, verses 12 to 17. That's the sixth seal is broken. And then it ends. There, there's still one more seal, right? And so we're, we're kind of like wondering, oh man, what's going to happen when the seventh seal is broken? What's going to happen? Well, there's an interlude. A, a New American Standard puts that term there at the top of the chapter 7, an interlude. There's a little... Something's going to happen first. So, you know, we thought we'd see the seventh seal open up, but instead a new vision comes forth, which declares that God will protect his people from the judgments to come. And that's what's going to happen here in chapter 7. Again, the book of Revelation is a book of encouragement. I know a lot of folks out there believe in a uh, thousand-year reign of Christ here on the earth. The book of Revelation does not teach this. And those who espouse toward that, who teach that, 
If you've read their books or said on their lessons, it's very complicated. It is so difficult to follow. It's hard. Folks, Revelation is only difficult if we don't keep it in context and understand that what we're looking at are visions. This is a book of encouragement. It's an encouragement for every generation that no matter what happens, even when it looks like Satan's winning, rest assured, God has already won. Let's read verses 1, 2, and 3 of Revelation chapter 7. John writes, After this, after the sixth seal was broken, after this I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth, so that no wind will blow on the earth or on the sea or on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun, having the seal of the living God, and he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees, until we have sealed the bondservants of our God on their foreheads. Okay, let's take a look at this. Four angels. That's the number four. That's the number four, the earth. Uh, We do not hear from these angels uh, again until the uh, sixth trumpet is sounded over in chapter 9. Four winds. The... And uh, they're granted to harm the earth and the sea. This seems to point to God sending judgment. These are ill winds. Okay, not good winds. These are ill winds. Again, the number four, denoting the number for the earth because of the four corners of the earth. Um, you have another angel. Uh, this is a, another form of alas, meaning another of the same kind. So as an angel, do not think that this is the Christ. It's just another angel. Um, he's got the seal of God. That's authority. And so he gives authority, or he has the authority to tell, tell them, hold, don't, don't hurt the, uh, uh, the earth yet. Uh, we see that um, term seal used in Ezekiel 9 also. It marks out those who belong uh, to God. We see this again in chapter 9, verse 4, where those sealed are not to be harmed. Um, what is the seal? Some say it's the third person of the Godhead indwelling the Christian. It's put on the forehead. Uh, that just symbolizes that that's something that's obvious. When, if someone has something stuck on their forehead, you see it, right? You play those games where you put a card on your forehead. Why there? Because you can see it. It's so obvious. It's so obvious. The whole the Holy Spirit dwelling inside people is not obvious. It's not. But what is obvious is the new life Christians live that's so different from the world. That is so Obvious. Why aren't you getting drunk with everyone else? Well, I, I don't do that. Why don't you smoke weed like everyone else? Well, I, I don't do it. Why don't you curse? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Why are, uh, do, do you go do things uh, with this church over there on Sundays and Wednesday nights and you're always reading your Bible and you don't, you're just different? Why? Because I am being a light to the world. I am reflecting the very nature of Christ. I think that's what the seal is. It's on the forehead. That's an individual decisions, an area of the human body that's you know conspicuously seen by others. It's obvious. 
And then you get that term there in verse uh, 3, until. Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the bondservants for our God on their foreheads. Everything, everything seems to be in readiness for the execution of the judgments of God. But they're being held back. It's not yet time for the end. But everything's ready because, guess what? This is the last age. This is the end times. So I was talking to somebody uh, Sunday night about this. They were asking about, you know, uh, we're getting close to the end times. No, we're not getting close to the end times. We are in the end times already. As soon as Jesus came to this earth, we were beginning to, that was the beginning of the end times coming. When the church was established on the day of Pentecost, that is where the beginning of the end times started. And from that point forward, this is it. This is the end times. But before the uh, judgment, these, some, some things need to occur first. And what we are awaiting for is what was promised in chapter 6, verse 11. Judgment will not come until the full number of the saved are safe. Some scholars uh, see this vision as an answer to the question, who is able to stand in 6.17? The answer is that when the wrath of the Lamb comes, only those who are sealed will stand among those remaining on earth. Those belonging to God who have died and are no longer on earth have been pictured as safe under the altar. That's the fifth seal, if you remember that. Now, I have an opinion about this. You know, I, I think I mentioned it here before that you know we don't know when Jesus comes. Only the Father knows. Jesus doesn't even know. Only the Father knows when uh, the Son's going to uh, come a second time. I think, based on passages like this and, and many other passages in the New Testament, that that time is when the last person who's going to be a Christian is baptized into Christ, because God knows. He can, he can see the future. He knows who's going to, uh, what choices people are going to make. And he knows that you know once that last person is uh, baptized and there's no more coming after that, then what use is the earth anymore? That will be the end. Then, that's the until. That's the last person who's going to be sealed. Then, okay, that's it. There's no more coming. They're all safe. And then that's that's the end. Verses 4 through 8. This is a good one. John writes, And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. From the tribe of Judah, 12,000 were sealed. From the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 sealed. From the tribe of Gad, 12,000 from the tribe of Asher, 12,000. From the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000. From the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000. From the tribe of Simeon, 12,000. From the tribe of Levi, 12,000. From the tribe of Issachar, 12,000. From the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000. From the tribe of Joseph, 12,000. From the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000 were sealed. Interesting. A lot of interesting things here. So is it going to be that only 144,000 are going to be saved? Literally? No. No, not literally. Numbers are figurative and all throughout the book of Revelation. We know that. What's going on here 
This is a symbol of all of God's people, both from the Old and the New Covenants. The number is likely derived by multiplying 12 Old Testament people represented by the tribes. So that's 12 times 12. The New Testament people represented by the 12 apostles. And then you multiply that by 1,000. That's the complete cube of 10 by 10 by 10. And that gives us the 144,000. 12 times 12 is 144. And then times that by 1,000, 144,000. It's the complete number. And that ties in very well neatly with verse 3. Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the bond servants of our God on their forehead. Until it's all done. And then here's the completeness uh, given to us here. Now, note that when he goes through these tribes, Dan is missing. And Manasseh is included and that the order of the tribes is not by birth order. That's strange. This may point us to the fact that we are not dealing with a literal number, but the complete number of those saved. Remember, he's seen, John is seeing this as a vision. It's just to bring this, uh, so, and he's writing down the vision, but it's, it's clear when you, you simple, make it simple and just look for the purpose of the vision, it helps. Also, the repeated expression from the tribe is literally out of the tribe, which points to the fact that not all of those in the tribe would be sealed. Think about it from this perspective. Every, there's, there's a lot of folks in this world who claim to be Christian. Not all of them are. Not really. Not really. Think about that. All right, let's do verses... Uh, let's start by doing just verses 9 and 10 next. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could count from every nation and all tribes and peoples and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hands. And they were crying, uh, and they cry out with a loud voice saying, let's go ahead and read 11 and 12, cry with a loud voice saying, salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. I'm sorry, no, just 9 and 10. Let's just do 9 and 10 first. All right, so we have this um, innumerable group. And these are clearly saved folks. Okay? Saved folks from every nation. And uh, they're representing every nation. They have white robes. That's the clothing of victory. They have the palm branches. These were carried at the Feast of Tabernacles or the, the Feast of Booths. And they used uh, this in the construction of the shelters required in Leviticus 23:42. It was regarded as a time of joy and a symbol of triumph as Jesus entered into Jerusalem over Matthew 21 and John 12. They cry out, attributing salvation to their uh, uh, own God, their own salvation to God and to the Lamb. Now look at verses 11 and 12 now. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. So here we are. We're back to the throne room of God from, from chapter 4. 
Here's a sevenfold praise to God. Perhaps the seven representing God and earth coming together. Our worship here on earth is incomplete, but it will be fully experienced when we are face to face with God. Okay? Good stuff there. Good stuff. Let's read verses 13 to 17 next. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, These who are clothed in the white robes, who are they? And where have they come from? And I said to him, My Lord, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation. And they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God, and they serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tabernacle over them. They will hunger no more, nor thirst any more, nor will the sun beat down on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd and will guide them to the springs of the water of life, and God will wipe away, will wipe every tear from their eyes. All right. So, let me take a quick drink, sorry. The elder asked John a question, but not for the purpose of seeking information from John. Rather, his, his goal here is to draw John's attention, he's to draw our attention to the countless multitude. They come out of the great tribulation. Now, what is that? The persecutions and difficulties of the Christian life on earth. What was revealed in the first four seals of the horsemen. That's what he's talking about. Even for us today. Note, the millennialists, those who believe in premillennialism, the millennialists speak of a seven-year great tribulation on earth. But this presents some problems for them. Number one, their order is, one, the rapture, that's the removal of all Christians from the earth to meet the Lord in the air. Two, seven years of tribulation for those remaining on earth. Three, Jesus returns to reign a thousand years on the earth. Yet here, in in the passage of Revelation, the saints have come out of the tribulation. Now, the millennialists have them removed before the tribulation. Hmm. There's simply no biblical justification for the millennialist theory. Okay? It doesn't fit. Though they've come out of the Great Tribulation, the Great Tribulation is what we're in right now. It's the persecution. It's from the beginning to the very end, all Christians will go through it. Every generation will have persecution. Some will be greater than others, but it's persecution. If you are sealed if you are a shining light they've washed their robes uh, washed them in the lamb's blood but they are uh, white note the sense of the past tense here this was done while they were on the earth all this symbolizes their re- uh, redemption sorry it symbolizes their redemption they're going to serve him day and night in his temple understanding uh, endless worship in eternity involves seeing life itself as spiritual worship, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Do we glorify our God today in a way we use in the way we use our lives? 
The temple here is the Greek term for the most holy place. Here, it's not just the high priest may enter uh, only uh, once a year, but all of God's people are there inside. They all have access to God. That's, <clears throat> that's what we want, right? That's what we're striving for, it is. The tabernacle, that's just a shelter for protection. And it's the presence of God. And his tabernacle is going to be over them all. He, we will be all part of that presence of God. Hunger and thirst, the sun beating down, that's the heat. None of the physical limitations will be there. The fight is over. The suffering is over. Everything we need will be provided. I love that. I, now, I don't like being hungry. And I like some foods, but I, I guess maybe I'm different from a lot of other folks. I don't enjoy eating. I don't. I mean, there's some foods I do like, but if I had my choice, I would just work, or I'd sit here and work on studying or do other things. Eating is a something that takes time away from other things I want to do. And it's caused me problems because sometimes I forget to eat lunch. Or I'll skip out on breakfast and then I feel weak and tired because I'm not eating properly. I look forward to not having to deal with always being hungry and thirsty and dealing with those things. And not having to worry about that. Or with the sun beating down on me. It's cooling off here in Phoenix finally. We're, we're passing out of the, the summer heat and that's nice and wonderful. Imagine having that, uh, not having to deal with those things for eternity. What a blessing. Everything we will need will be provided for. Will be provided. Next, the lamb. The lamb is going to be their shepherd. It's interesting how a lamb would shepherd. Don't you think? Is this saying that he is one of us? Out of the flock arises the shepherd? Certainly he is not ashamed to call us Brothers, Hebrews 2.11, we've followed him to glory. He's going to be our shepherd. He showed us how to act, and he led us on the way to glory in the Father. Awesome. Water of life, we're never going to thirst again. John 4.14, this, this eternal life is ours. It's ours. He's going to wipe away every tear. We're through saying goodbye to our loved ones. We're through with grief. We're done with sadness and sorrow. All is joy. These tears aren't going to be wiped away here on earth. We still have sorrow. We still have grief and sadness. And we lose loved ones and we we, uh, grieve over that. There, all that's gone. We're going to be given a new perspective. And that new perspective, well, we're going to have the fullness, I should say, of the perspective that God has shown us in Christ. And when we have that, everything changes. It will all change for us. So again, going into this chapter, we thought we would see the seventh seal opened here in chapter 7. But instead, a new vision is given to us, which declares that God is going to protect his people from the judgments to come. Those who have died among God's people have already been seen in heavenly safety. Under the altar. That's chapter 6, verse 9 and 11. Remember they they cried out, when will we, we get justice? God said, wait, put on these clothes, be patient, I'll deal with it later. And so now, 
Those who are on the earth are to be sealed as belonging to God. All who belong to God are safe from whatever happens on the earth. From their being sealed on earth, we next see them in a heavenly vision, receiving the comforts provided by God and the shepherding of the Lamb. The point seems to be that no matter how bad it may get in earthly life, Christians will be victorious. We may lose our life to martyrdom, but we will reign victoriously for eternity. There's not... I know many of you may believe in the thousand-year reign of Christ, but folks, that's not true. That's not what the Bible teaches. Um, I know you may believe that, and I'm not trying... Well, I I don't want to upset you, but I want to have a study with you. If you want to know more about this, I know it's hard to have a discussion over radio, but won't you come down here to the North Valley Church of Christ? Come talk with me. Join us in, in some of our services. I'll set up a Bible study with me. I want to go over these things with you and show you in the Bible, in, the, in Revelation, and I want you to show me yours. And let us both look for the context and the truth in God's Word. Let's not try to force uh, each other to take on our views. I don't want you to have my view. I don't want you to make me have your view. Let's find out what the Bible says. I'm very amendable. I'm very willing to listen as long as you are as well. Let's study this out. Come to our website, www.nvcoc.net. You can find the address for our building when we meet. You can come down here. You can send us an email from there. There's a contact form there. You can send me an email. And uh, we'll let, let me know if you want to do a study or write some letters or emails together, whatever it might be. I am more than willing to have this discussion. So why don't you do that? www.nvcoc.net. Send me your information. Send me uh, your thoughts. Come visit us here at North Valley. Click on that radio mic there on the front page, and you'll find not only this today's program, but all the previous ones from the introduction and all the other chapters in Revelation as we continue to work through this letter, and let's find truth. I don't think it's as hard as many make it out to be. I think it, we can see it if we keep it in context and understand what's going on and where things are coming from. Again, if you are interested in the things about Copper Basin Bible Camp, go to Copper basinbiblecamp.org find more information there we have an honors dinner where we honor folks who do a lot of uh, voluntary work up at the camp we'll be doing that this Friday night at 6.30 the Camelback Church of Christ I'll be there and uh, I won't have much time to chit chat but I will talk afterward with you if you want to talk about Revelation and the thousand year reign I'll do that let's come together and uh, get to know one another thank you for being part of this program Thank you for listening and uh, considering these words. Let us all always redeem the time. That is, let us make the most of every opportunity the Lord gives us. May he bless you in all that you do. Amen. Take care. Sitting up to sweep away till Shaddam the better day. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Till the sinful world be won for Jehovah's mighty son. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. This program was sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.